I'm Leanna Shields, and this is The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Rick Blyweiss, here to talk about his books, writing, and all things cozy. Rick, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Well, hello, everybody. (laughs) I'm Rick Blyweiss, and I have um, written a book uh, called Pinon Scorpion and the Barbershop Detectives. came out last year. I had the follow-up book, the second in the series, coming out in February uh, called Murder in Haxford. I'm formerly a music industry executive, record producer, and had a heck of an interesting life. And I love writing, and I love writing um, nonviolent mysteries. <laughs> that is awesome. So would you say any of your writing is inspired by your actual life? Well, my actual life only in the sense that I have read, read mysteries my whole life. The, the, I think one of the earliest books I ever read was The Hardy Boys. And then I immediately got into Agatha Christie and uh, Arthur Conan Doyle and Ellery Queen and Rex Stout. And, and so it's really my life and my love of reading is what kind of did that affected me as, as a writer without a doubt I mean um, you know I, I tried to craft a book that could have been written back when Agatha Christie and Conan Doyle were writing so it, it really was directly affected by that far the rest of my life no not really <laughs> <laughs> but that is awesome and yeah our what we read does tend to affect what and how we write I know with me, my earliest experience with mysteries was actually the boxcar kids or okay. boxcar children. <laughs> yeah. Um, and books like that, though, what really got me started into writing was the works of like Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, because I started with fantasy and sci-fi. <laughs> got it. <laughs> and then got kind of drawn into my true love of cozies and as you said violentless murder <laughs> exactly and i and i love sci-fi and, and fantasy as well i mean you know i i've read all a, a lot in those genres too but i just i don't know there's something about mystery and quirky characters and you know i mean people ask me occasionally you know what do i want people to take away from my book in my books and really I don't want them to take anything away. What I want them to do is enjoy them and be relieved of the stresses of today's world and just be transported back. You know, they take place in England in 1910. You know, I want people to be transported to a kinder, gentler time, um, you know, and, and just escape their escapism. And I'm proud of that. I'm not running from it. <laughs> yeah. I... I agree 100%. The just the cozy mystery genre as a genre is that wonderful escapism, but also that sense of community that you get with your characters. Yes. Which in some ways sounds kind of weird that you're in a community with characters with people that don't exist. <laughs> right. But when you're in that book, they exist. They are your friends. They right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and that I think is the 
kind of maybe the goal of every cozy and, and what I'll call light mystery writer is to create characters that people enjoy and want to know. I mean, Absolutely. I do. When, when I write, I'm like writing a second real life. You know, I mean, it's they become people to me. They don't just, you know, they just don't become words in a book. Absolutely. Uh, whether you're writing, say, Small Town Cabot Cove or... <laughs> right. Or whatever small community that you're putting in that book, if they don't feel real, the book is not going to feel natural or real. And one of my favorite reviews that I've ever gotten for mine is, I want to live in this town. I want to know these characters more. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, I um, the way I write is I'm a pantser. I do not plot things out in front. And um, I don't know how else to put it, but it's almost like the book writes itself through me. And and my I see it playing out as a movie in my head, and my job is to sit at the computer keyboard and capture what I'm seeing playing as a movie, and those characters become real to me as I'm seeing them play out in my head, and I I I enjoy that. It's like a second real life, but it's absolutely. Not <laughs> I I, you are speaking my language. You are speaking my language. <laughs> I am a pantser too. One of my favorite things I ever found on Facebook once was a thing that said, I create the characters and then from then on I take dictation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. I, I, exactly. You know, I used to write songs and, and it was the same way. I wouldn't sit with my guitar and and I, I would just, there'd be a song and it'd be there and, and it would be my job to figure out what chords it was and, you know, make it happen. And it, it's really, it's a great creative process as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And it's, oh. writing is, can be so fluid that way. Yes. But it can also get you in trouble. I know when <laughs> one of my favorite stories is recently with my second book, I was going along well. And then all of a sudden the character did what I can compare to the entrance in the Emperor's New Groove kicked oh. open the door and it's like i'm here i'm the killer and it's like whoa 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 <laughs> i haven't had that experience yet but you never know <laughs> of course there's also the uh if you can see the inside of my head it's like a long line of characters almost like sitting in line for the premiere of a movie. <laughs> I get it. And you know, I, I actually, I have a lot of characters in each of my books to the degree that I post a cast of characters with descriptions of them on my website so that if anybody is reading the book and they kind of go, I don't remember who that was, they can just go to the website and remember who the characters are because there are so many of them. <laughs> um, but you know, I try to keep them all interesting and, and unique and individualized. Yeah, that and that's awesome. So, would you have any awesome advice for those who want to write or write cozy specifically? 
Um, well, I, I, I don't know so much about writing cozy specifically as opposed to just, you know, general writing advice, uh, which I think is totally applicable to cozies. Um, but I, I think to some degree, it would start with write what you're good at. You know, I mean, um, I, 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 there, there are genres that I know I wouldn't write well. So, you know, I would say the first thing is, if you have a, a, an inclination toward cozies, and if you think you can write that well, that's the first step is, is enjoy, you know. The second thing is, enjoy the process. You know, I, I know writers who just, they, they just get flummoxed, if you will. Instead of enjoying writing, they view it as a chore. I view it as a pleasure. And I, I would encourage other authors to, to do it that way. Um, I would also say, know the craft of writing. In, in fact, many, many, many self-published books just get completely trashed because the grammar isn't checked correctly, the sentence structures are wrong, the cover may be second rate. Now, I'm not saying this is true of every self-published book. It's not. But there are just too many of them where they have those issues and their reviews reflect it. So I think no matter whether you're self-publishing, trad publishing, hybrid publishing, know the craft of writing and make sure you get your grammar, your spelling and everything correct. Um, I would also say, uh, if you're an author, live with rejection. I don't know a single author who hasn't either been rejected by a publisher or gotten bad reviews, no matter how many good reviews they've got. It comes with the territory. It's any creative, whether you're a painter, whether you're a filmmaker, there will be people who don't like what you did. Live with it. Don't let it destroy you. Um, the, the next thing I would say is, no matter how you're published, be prepared to market your book. Even if you're with a traditional publisher who will do more marketing than if you self-publish, you still have to do marketing, especially social media marketing. So be prepared for that. It's not enough to say, I wrote a book, now I'm handing it over and my job is done. It's just starting. Absolutely. And it seems like a common thing with writers is almost that phobia, if you will, of putting yourself out there for promotion. You know, I, I am, um, I, I've been asked the question about what, what do, what do people who know you not know about you? And, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting question that I was asked and I had to think about it and I realized that, and it ties into what you just said. And then I realized what people don't know about me is that I'm an inherently shy person. And I've had to overcome that. And I am perceived by most people who know me now as gregarious and outgoing, but there's a shy person at the core. And so, yeah, you do have to put yourself out there if you wanna have more success than not. Absolutely. It's, it's play a role, be an actor. If you, if you can't do it as yourself, pretend you're this world famous author and, and like an actor buys into a role, buy into a persona. 
absolutely and actually i think people would be surprised the fact that i even run a podcast because like you i am shy i don't like putting myself out there <laughs> but when i'm on the show i open myself up i right. <laughs> exactly and you, you have to be that way if you're going to be in if you're going to be doing something that will be consumed by or for the public, you need to have a public persona, no matter who you are in private life. Absolutely. So back to your books. Uh, do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? No, no, no. I I, I, I do have, I have two favorite characters. <laughs> and and I, my, my single favorite character is a bookshop owner, Thelma Smith. Because Thelma, first of all, represents more of my ideals than any other character in the book. Uh, she's very um, forward thinking, ahead of her time, literary, um, brilliant, but beautiful. Not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm beautiful and brilliant. I'm just saying she is. <laughs> But you know she's uh, she's uh, involved in the suffragette movement of the time. Th these are you know these are things. If I was a woman in that time, it's what I would have wanted to be involved in. So she's kind of like a projection to some degree of of me if I was a different sex. Um, and I really like her. I mean, I, I enjoy her brain. I en I enjoy who she is. Um, the other character I like a lot is the main character, Pinion Scorpion, because I, I've been a huge fan of quirky, colorful, deductive, uh, you know, observational kind of detectives. And he is all that. And I, I, I just in, enjoy writing him. I enjoy seeing him in my brain and going, oh, hi, Pinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So would you say you have an author that's most influenced your writing? Well, yeah, but I'm going to go back to what I said and add one other. Uh, it was out of doubt the authors would be Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. No question. I mean, I, they absolutely have influenced, well, the writing of this series, because I'm writing other things that are not period, and they the only way they've been impacted me there is that there's still mysteries and there are still mystery writers. But the other mystery author who impacted me was Robert B. Parker and his Spencer for Hire series. And one of the reasons, it's a series I love, and one of the reasons is because he infused humor along with some very interesting quirky characters. Um, and I it just stayed with me. And I, I said, well, if he can do that with Spencer, why can't I do it with Scorpion? And so that's what I've tried to do is take the seriousness of Doyle and Christie and infused it with the humor and quirkiness of, of, uh, of Parker. I, I lost you. I can't hear you. Sorry, I, I had no, it on mute. <laughs> I have you. <laughs> But it sounds like a great mix. To me, it is. I hope to readers it is too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So if you and your main character sat down to coffee or whatever your preferred beverage, uh, caffeine beverage intake is, uh, what would they get and what would you get? Oh, okay. Well, Scorpion would get a brandy without a doubt. He is a brandy aficionado, although he does drink ale and lager and, you know, grog and stuff like that as well. But he's definitely, in, and, and of course, like everyone of that era, they're all tea drinkers. Um, but so he'll drink tea and he'll drink brandy. I am, a, I am not a coffee drinker. I used to be. I am a herbal tea drinker, and uh, especially like chamomile and passion fruit tea. And uh, I also like a good Pinot Noir wine. <laughs> oh, I love asking this question. You learn so much about the character and the author from it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have very little in common with Scorpion, actually. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like casual in my dress and he's fastidious, uh, you know, and, and I mean, just if, if I ran down a list of what he was like and what I'm like, there's very little intersection here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know how that is. If I did the same thing with my character, Sabia, it's like, okay, rancher, city girl. Right. <laughs> uh, the only thing that we share really is a love of old movies, and she expresses them more than I do. <laughs> you know, you know what I find interesting is I, I, one of the um, authors that I'm, I'm, and he's also a TV personality who I've become friends with is Al Roker. You know, the, who's on the the Today Show. <laughs> And, you know, he's also an author of the uh, the morning show uh, murder mysteries, the Billy Blessing mysteries, he had three books out, and he's got a fourth one coming out uh, next year. And um, what's interesting is in the books, Billy Blessing is a man, and in the TV show based on the books, Billy Blessing is a woman. And... Um, so I'm relating this back to Scorpion because uh, the books are currently... Uh, under development by a European uh, TV and film company, uh, and they've got interest from a, uh, a cable network here in the States and a, a network in, in England as well. And there's no guarantee that it'll end up being made, but at least they're casting and writing scripts. But I don't know how they're going to change Scorpion of my characters, because I'm not writing the teleplay or the screenplay. And so they could do stuff that makes the characters very different than what I've written. And it'll be interesting to see what other, how they frame the characters if they are different. That is in some ways like my dream and my biggest fear. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get that. And you know, in, in the book, uh, in the books, and, and I explain this in the first book, I, I've written Scorpion to be of Egyptian and Haitian heritage. Uh, so his, his father was Egyptian and his mother was Haitian, and um, which, which would make him a darker-skinned individual. But I have no idea how he's going to come out on television or in films. He could he could be as white as white bread. I have no idea. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, I hear that because my main character is a Native American elf. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I write kind of mythic. Some would call it paranormal, but I call it mythic cozies because everyone okay. in the community is a mythic of some kind. Centaur, Ooh. centaur, naga, elf, <laughs> and just picturing if. A major, you know, if it ever got turned to TV, it's like, holy cow, what would they do to this? <laughs> right. I know. And I'm, I'm wondering, too, for mine. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I do have another piece of advice, by the way. Um, it's slightly different, though. And that this is applicable to anybody at any age. Uh, and that is chase your dreams. You know, it, whether you believe in the afterlife or not, you really only have one go round on earth, if you will, and make the most of it. You know, if you want to be a writer, start writing. If you want to be a race car driver and you've got the chops for it, do it. <laughs> and 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 it, as a tangent to that, you know, I'm I'm 78 years old. I had my first novel traditionally published or any novel published when I was 77. And, and my advice is you're never too old to chase your dreams. And, and you know, I've always loved chasing the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow my whole life, you know? And it's like, sometimes I found it, sometimes I didn't. But the chase was fabulous. Just have a positive attitude about life. That is some great advice. Because I think that's what holds a lot of people back is the, okay, if I go after this, it has to succeed. Right. The journey is part of the fun. That's absolutely right. To me, the journey is, in some ways, the most fun. Getting <laughs> yeah. there, you know, I mean, it's like it's nice if if you get, uh, you know, if you get positive results to your efforts, and that's cool. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that, but I love the process of getting there. Yeah, so, always have. <laughs> I mean, even when writing my own books. Part of the fun is discovering the character that I've added or a new facet of a character I've already written. Or in some cases, and this is my nerdness coming out, the research. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, um, I, I can totally bond with that because I, when I started writing this and again it just popped into my head it was there and but the shell was there and I had to do especially since it was a period it's a period piece you know back in the Downton Abbey era I had to do tons of research to get it right because in effect it's a historical fiction mystery cozy and <laughs> I, I if you if you want people to buy into it and believe it then you have to get what happened really right to mix with the fiction, the reality and the fiction mixing together. And if you get the reality wrong, the fiction's never going to be believable. So it took me way more research than I would have ever imagined I would have to do. But I think in the end it paid off because it, it, it makes it more real. Absolutely. Uh, one of my earlier books, a 1920s, steampunk cozy uh, what a combo <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but it was so fun to research because and this is something I never thought I'd ever research 20 slang uh yeah (laughs) I've had to research British slang since it's set in Britain I've been to England many times in my life and I've I've been to the countryside of England where this book takes place, although it's a fictitious town I created. I even was uh, in a um, a competition at a castle, an old castle in England, a crossbow competition. And I had never shot a crossbow in my life and I won the competition. I have no idea to this day how <laughs> that happened. But, you know, but in spite of all that, I had to do tons of research on the names that were being used in that era, the slang, the language. And in fact, I made one mistake and it got picked up and we had to change it in a a future printing where I used a slang that actually didn't come into use until the 30s. And yet this, the book took place in 1910. And I I was embarrassed by the fact that I blew one fact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's little things like that that can really get you. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I I happen to love quotes uh, that other people have made and whatever. And and I, I, I wanna share one with you if you don't mind, because uh, I, I think it's very appropriate for everybody. And this was, a, this is not a quote by a real person. Um, this, did you ever watch, uh, Grace and Frankie on television with the uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Mm. Well, no, I don't okay. think I have. But whether you have or not, there's a character. I'm sure my on, listeners have. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a character on there named Mary Elizabeth, and she's a, a friend of theirs. Um, and she said something on one of the latest episodes, the last episodes of that series that I loved so much, I wrote it down to make sure I didn't forget it. And obviously it was written by the writers of the show, but I think it's just appropriate for life. And her quote was, you are always going to be disappointed if all you remember are your failures. That is a great quote. Isn't it? (laughs) I know. Oh my goodness. yeah, and, and me, I try to do, I, I don't dwell on my failures. I revel in my successes. You know, it's like, okay, that failed. Let me try. Next, you know, that worked. <laughs> Whoopee. <laughs> oh, that is a wonderful outlook. Well, I, 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 I don't know. You know, it seems to me that one of the main uh, purposes in life is to enjoy yourself. If you, if you can't be happy, I don't care what else you have. If you're miserable, the world isn't the same. Yeah. Well, we should start wrapping it up. I'm getting kind of the countdown from Zoom. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, how can my snips and sleuths follow you? Well, my website is my name, rickblyweiss.com. And that's R-I-C-K-B-L-E-I-W-E-I-S-S dot com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. And most <laughs> of them are either Rick Blyweiss or Rick Blyweiss author. Uh, there aren't very many Rick Blyweisses in the world. So <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it's pretty easy. Um, 
And I have a newsletter. If you go to my website, you could sign up for my newsletter. And uh, the series is Pinon Scorpion and the Barbershop Detectives because they solve all their crimes in a barbershop. Uh, <laughs> the, the interrogation and interview room. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's just have some fun and solve some, uh, help solve some, uh, what I hope are challenging but interesting mysteries. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. And I'll be sure to include the links in the show's notes. Great. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, I've had so much fun. I wish we weren't on a timeline <laughs> or on a time limit. <laughs> if you ever want to do this again and explore some other ideas, I'd be more than happy to. Oh, absolutely. What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Um, probably that... I don't write fast enough. <laughs> I'm going to take that back. I don't type fast enough because I don't write, I type. And I'm not a great typist. So they would say, come on, come on, type faster. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that is so great. And it's very true too. <laughs> Well, I've had a great time talking with you, Rick, and keep in touch with your next book. I got an advanced copy of your book. I love the cover. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the, the, the cover, had, for those who haven't seen it, is, is a balloon, uh, a hot air balloon, and uh, it ties into the first mystery in the book of a, uh, a gentleman who is uh, alone in a hot air balloon, and he is killed with an arrow through the chest. And nobody can figure out how can somebody that's up in the air alone be shot with an arrow. So <laughs> that's the first mystery. And there's more than one mystery in the book. Oh, that sounds great. I can't wait to read it. I hope you do. And I hope you enjoy <laughs> it. I'd love to hear your responses. <laughs> well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for keeping the show commercial free and growing. And I'd like to thank my coffee clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to become a member of my coffee clutch, check me out on coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. If you'd like to become a patron, check me out on patreon.com slash the cozy sleuth. And if you want to hear some cozies read by live actors, be sure to check out the cozy mystery rats maze wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, Keep cozy.